In Mark 16, 15, the Bible says that we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In Matthew 16, 18, the Lord Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, we're going to talk about the church and I want to throw a question out there. Does the church in America still have the potential to change this country. Hi, Alex McFarland here. You're listening to the American Family Radio Network. We've got a blockbuster show, folks. And uh, if, like myself, you care about God and country, you don't want to miss this show. And we have a very special guest, Dr. Mark Cowart. He's a founding pastor of Church for All Nations. He's a faculty member of Karis Bible College, and he is the author of a, of a book I highly recommend, Army of God Rising, Igniting Passion to Engage Society and shift culture. It's a great book. I've had this book uh, about a year. The foreword was written by Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, uh, a living legend, but Mark is an expert from whom I have learned so much about leadership, about pastoring, and the church, and he puts on conferences at his churches uh, based out of Colorado Springs, and uh, we've, we've done a lot together in the context of ministry. I believe we've got a lot to come. But when it comes to evaluating kind of where the culture is and what is the role of God's people in a culture that's very often hostile to the biblical worldview, Mark's uh, insights are ones that I put great stock in. He's our guest with us. Plus, we will take calls later in the show. But uh, Dr. Mark Cowart, welcome, and thanks for being with us on the American Family Radio Network. Oh, it is so good to be with you, Brother Alex. Uh, as always, uh, it's one of the highlights when we get to spend time together, either in person or on the air like this. Well, amen, amen, and I want to talk to people about your book, but I just want to be on record uh, expressing how much I appreciate you, and uh, you know, when you and I got to be friends about 19 summers ago, uh, I don't I don't think either one of us could have envisioned how much the Lord would do in our lives, and then through uh, Karis Bible College and the Truth and Liberty television show, and, and uh, God's done more than I could have ever dreamed of. Would you agree? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, we have this saying here, and you know it well at Church for All Nations. We say that everything God does is through relationships. Amen. And I have watched that unfold over the years, but probably uh, I just echo what you said, uh, Brother Alex, that I, I don't know that we could have ever dreamed <clears throat> that we'd, we'd be doing together individually uh, and with others, what we're seeing happen right now, and it's just awesome. I think of Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. He knows the plans that he has for us, and mm. uh, so we meet. We never know what's in our future, but I sure love uh, the fact that you and I were brought together by the Lord, and it's just a joy to be with you again here now. Well, amen, amen. Uh, I'm going to give the number because we're going to take some calls, and let me say, I I'm sure... Um, the vast, vast majority of everybody listening is is probably part of a church, and everybody nowadays is asking, you know, how do we reach people? And uh, post COVID, our attendance is down, and there's just struggles in the church. And folks, if you've got questions, or maybe you've got a praise report, and you want to say, well, here's something God is doing in our church, and this is going good. Um, in about 
I'm going to say 20 minutes will open up the phones, but that number, if you want to write this down, the number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. And um, let me sort of begin the conversation. First of all, uh, Dr. Coward, I want you to give your website and um, tell us about the book Army of God Rising. And folks, part of the reason that I do want to refer you to Church for All Nations, CFAN we call it, in Colorado Springs, it really is the healthiest church I know anything about, and, and God's allowed me to speak in 2,000 American churches I'm somewhere every weekend, literally. But I really—God's doing good things in a lot of places. But uh, Mark, I want to tell you, uh, it's like everything you guys do bears fruit— Everything you guys do just turns out wonderfully. So, so give us a little nutshell of what Church for All Nations is, because I think it's a role model that uh, a lot of people would do well to observe. Well, thank you so much, uh, Brother Alex. And, you know, oh, it's a story that I actually want to write about it someday. It's <clears throat> to God be the glory for anything and everything that that has ever come out of CFAM for good, that is good. Um, by the way, it's Church for All Nations, but we use the acronym CFAM just as a shortened version of that. People, can, If they want to see what our church is about, you can go to churchforallnations.com, and we are in Colorado Springs. We've got two campuses, and our website, uh, we also have an app, and it, they're powerful tools. We don't just put them up to be putting them up, but all the messages we do, all the things we are doing. Um, and I have to say this, uh, Brother Alex, to God be the glory, but honestly, in the 40-plus years of ministry um, that I've been here at Church for All Nations, I can honestly say it's the healthiest culture um, we've ever had. And I think, you know, how the Lord does things in your life and you get further down the road and you look back and you see that, boy, the Lord doesn't waste any time because it was very difficult in the early days. We're the third senior pastor mm. and we inherited legal battles and negative cash flows, deteriorating buildings with deferred maintenance, threatening lawsuits. And honestly, you know, you know my wife, Linda, we were in our oh, yeah. late 20s, and um, we really had just, you know, observed and been mentored by individuals that really kind of showed us what you shouldn't do and you don't <laughs> want to do. And I don't, I say that with all the love in my heart, because it actually plays into where we're at today, because, uh, you know, a lot of the pain that we went through, I call our I say this often, our culture here at CFAN is kind of a pearl of great price for Linda and I. Mm -hmm. So people come in and comment often, and we it humbles us, but they comment on the culture of the staff, the church, everything. And I say, well, it's kind of like a pearl. You know, the pearl's beautiful, but go interview the oyster, because it was <laughs> a very painful thing for that oyster to have to produce it. And yet the Lord is so good. Um, and then also people can go to markcowart.org. There'll be a link on the website, but we have a daily television broadcast on um, Gospel Truth TV called Victorious Faith. I've got a YouTube channel, which is an easy way to share 
But, Brother Alex, I feel like I'm just getting started. I'm 65 Amen. years old. I feel like I'm 35, and and I'm just ready to get going. And I, I love our country, and I want to see that by the time I leave this earth that our country is in better shape than it is today, brother. Amen. So, Amen. Praise God. Now, now, folks, listen up. I don't know if you just picked up on what you just said. Did you say you're 65? I'm 65 years old, yes. And I, I'm 59. Brother Mark, I was uh, at a pastor's meeting a couple months ago, and I had just turned 59. Well, you know, I guess growing up on the farm, I, I guess I've, I've always felt like I was kind of hardy, and I mean, I still cut the grass, chop the firewood, and, you know, I, <laughs> uh, you know I, I've never known anything but work, and I love it. A friend of mine asked me, he said, are you going to retire? I said, retire? Why would you retire when I think I'm just to the season of life when I actually might know something? (laughs) But uh, (laughs) we've got a break. Stay tuned, folks. Dr. Mark Coward of Church for All Nations, and their website is churchforallnations.com. And then we're going to talk about, does the American church still have the capacity to change our country? Uh, Dr. Mark Coward, plus your phone calls and more. His book, Army of God Rising, we'll talk about it all. Stay tuned. The Awakening on the American Family Radio Network is back after this. Don't go away. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. An increasing number of Americans believe that force is justified to restore abortion rights. A survey from the University of Chicago's Project on Security and Threats found that the percentage of Democrats willing to use violence to promote abortion rose from 8% to 16% since January. Put another way, that means that 31 million Americans support the use of violence to reinstate pro-abortion laws. Ben Johnson, writing about this in the Washington Stand, reminds us that these numbers are more than just theoretical support for abortion-based violence. There have been at least 67 attacks against pro-life pregnancy resource centers since the still unresolved leak of the Supreme Court's Dobb decision last May. On my radio program, I have documented many of these attacks and interviewed pro-life leaders at these centers. Churches have also been attacked. Family Research Council has documented a total of 543 attacks against churches between January 2018 and March 2023. It also is estimated that at least 57 of those attacks have been abortion-related assaults. Even more disturbing was the statement from the Department of Homeland Security. It warned that churches face an elevated threat of violence until at least the 2024 election, 15 months from now, due to their stance on social political issues. The survey also discovered that a majority of Americans believe elections will not solve our most fundamental political and social problems, and that constitutes a dangerous, deep distrust of democracy. If you see abortion as your right and aren't convinced that the next election will change anything, it is easy to see why leftists promote violence. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view.
Go deeper on topics like you just heard by visiting pointofview.net. That's pointofview.net. Revival Fires International is giving one free Truth For Youth Bible to every student between the ages of 13 and 18 who promises to pass it along to a friend this school year. God has a revival fire that has been set in the hearts of young people across our nation, and they're literally going on the school campuses with a copy of the truth of God's Word and giving it to their friends in school that are not saved, and we're seeing a massive amount of young people give their heart to the Lord as a direct result of this. Revival is coming, and our youth will be involved. I just went to the decision page, read the instructions, and gave my heart to Jesus. It's Truth For Youth Week. Help us get the Word of God into the hands of teens across the nation. Visit truthforyouth.com or call 833-574-1600. That's 833-574-1600 or visit truthforyouth.com. Welcome back to the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland here talking with brother, colleague, and friend, Dr. Mark Cowart. And we are going to get to calls, but that'll be in about 10 or 12 minutes. But the number for, if you've got questions, especially questions about maybe how to uh, jumpstart your your church, uh, the number is 888-589-8840. But... Um, uh, Dr. Mark, I want to talk about your book, Army of God Rising. Um, w- what's the premise of this book? <clears throat> well, you know, it's uh, it's really powerful, Brother Alex, that several years ago, in fact, you were one of my guest speakers in 2015, 2016 at the Breaking the Silence conference. I remember. Um, and you know, we had an incredible lineup, you know, General Jerry Boykin, yourself, uh, David Barton, Bill Federer, and, and it was just an incredible time. And honestly, you know, not a lot of people know who I am, and my knees were knocking, and yet it was an incredible conference with incredible attendance. But the Lord spoke something to me there, and it's the genesis of the book, Army of God Rising, And uh, he basically said to me that I am assembling my army right now. Now, remember, this is back Mm. in 2015. He said one of the biggest shocks you're going to get, surprises, is who is in this army and who isn't. And I knew immediately what the Lord was quickening to me, that there would be those frontline leaders that we would be looking and say, well, where is this leader? Where is that brother? And they were nowhere to be found. And I also knew that we would look around and go, who is that individual over there? A virtual unknown, seemingly at the forefront of the battle. And uh, the third thing the Lord quickened to me and spoke to me was, he said, you're going to be surprised at who you're running with. And, you know, I'm from Texas, so my vernacular, you have to take all this into consideration. Amen. It was the genesis of that book, Army of God Rising. And so I self-published it, you know, just printed a few thousand copies, and we ran out of those. And then right about um, the time the corona thing happened, 
the Lord spoke some additional things, and we did a reissue of it. It's a second edition, and I asked if General Jerry Boykin, who is an American hero and legend, would write the forward. He graciously did that, and then, of course, you um, know many of the others there. But basically, it's the time and the season that we're in right now that the Lord is doing a great and a mighty work, and it may not look like we're winning. It may not look—I say we, the body of Christ, Christians. It may look like the enemy is is having his way, but there is a powerful army of God rising, not only in this nation, but around the world, but particularly— in the United States of America, because we are such a key nation in the role of things that take place globally. So that's kind of the Amen. essence of it there. Amen. Well, it's a great book. It's a very inspiring book, and and you're right. And folks, let me let me just throw this out there as you work in your cities. Uh, if you want to see the power of the Holy Spirit unleashed, there, there are several things. Prayer, fasting and prayer, obviously, but one of the keys, Pastor Mark, uh, and I say this, God's allowed me to organize 49 citywide evangelistic apologetics events over the last 20 years, 49, uh, and we've got a lot on the horizon. Whenever I see unity within the body of Christ, that's when I see God really show up. And to your point of, um, you know, you, you'd be surprised who you link arms with, you might be surprised who you thought would show up, but they really don't. Uh, and I'm talking, look, folks, when it comes to preaching the full counsel of God about marriage, morals, speaking, calling out sin, like even as we speak, Pastor Mark, there's a, a bill in Michigan, you may be aware of this, folks, do you know in Michigan, the Democrat-led Michigan House, this is House Bill 4474, uh, it passed to make it a, a felony, punishable by up to five years in prison to misgender somebody. So in other words, if you see a man and he thinks he's a woman, uh, it can be a felony, an act of terrorism, if you call a man a man. And this is on the desk of uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, and she has been notoriously liberal. She's a Democrat, and during COVID, literally persecuted the church. But, Mark, I, I believe that um, had pastors been really preaching to their parishioners and inspiring them and mobilizing them to stand strong for God and country uh, 10, 20, 25 years ago, I mean, I don't think we would be where we are. Um, and so we've got to link arms, we've got to pray and influence others, stand for truth, and like your book says, I mean, uh, we, we've got to have the mindset of D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody said, any friend of Jesus is a friend of mine, and uh, that's a pretty good mindset, isn't it? It really is, and you know, to your point, Alex, oh, you just uh, struck the note in my heart that that just uh, gets me going. But our our country does not know its history. Uh, I grew up in West Texas. I you know kind of the buckle on the Bible belt down there. We prayed in a large public school every day, pledged allegiance, read scripture. But I never was taught about this elite group called the Black Robe Regiment. 
And when okay. I first heard it, Brother Alex, I didn't even know what it was. It was a three-page article by our mutual friend, David Barton, that really was a game changer for me. And it was a three-page article with 102 footnotes. And I found that really, uh, if I just summarized it, <clears throat> we wouldn't be sitting here right now in what is called the United States of America had it not been for a bold, courageous group of clergy and pastors of the day that preached from the Scripture. And basically, every right that is in the Declaration of Independence, it's been verified by historians, was preached from American pulpits prior to 1763. So if we didn't have a Bible, Brother Alex, we wouldn't have a Declaration of Independence. We wouldn't have a country that we know as the United States of America today. And what was our birthday? It was July 4, 1776. And so there is this large amount of history missing. You know it much better than I do. Uh, Deconstruction has lent itself to, to hide all of that. But if we had pastors that would preach, thus saith the Lord, from the Scriptures, what the Bible says about the cultural issues of the day, we wouldn't be having these problems. Because what you just read going on in Michigan, Alex, mm. is absolute insanity. H- have you been following you this, Mark? I just heard a little bit about it. And, there, you know, really, Brother Alex, there's so much to keep up with. You can't keep up with all of it. But, yeah, I had heard that, and I thought, you know, even— uh, unsaved people got that one figured out. We are in a spiritual battle of unprecedented proportions right now. And the only answer, in my opinion, is the body of Christ. And that's going to be led by pastors and clergy, men and women of God that will stand resolutely, firmly, and without compromise on what the Scripture says. Otherwise, we have no hope, Alex as a nation. Uh, Pastor, this morning I I was at um, a camp, and folks, a little word of encouragement. Uh, I just, just two hours ago, finished our sixth of seven biblical worldview camps all summer long. We're in front of uh, 1,250 teenagers this summer. And Mark, don't you know the liberals would uh, not like this? I have, imagine, 200 teens, middle school and high schoolers, and they're soaking, soaking it up, and I have them recite this. We are the generation who will restore America. And we, we say the Pledge of God. Allegiance. But um, Moody Radio out of Chicago called me early this morning. They were telling me about the Michigan story, about it being a felony to call a man a man if the governor passes it. So I wrote something, and I want your response to it. Now, I've, I've pastored, and you are pastoring. I'm the the. Two churches I've pastored were not as large as Church for All Nations. But I thought about some litmus tests that any pastor should be willing, maybe even eager, to be on record saying. Pastor Martin, you tell me if, if, if I'm on base. I think every pastor in America should be willing to stand in his pulpit and say to his parishioners these seven things. Jesus is the one and only Savior. And the one way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. Secondly, the Bible in its entirety completely is the infallible Word of God. Number three, abortion is a sin 
and is not a constitutionally protected civil right. Number four, marriage is between a man and a woman and cannot be redefined otherwise. Number five, homosexuality and transgenderism are contrary to God's word and to reality itself. Number six, it's appropriate for Christians to show patriotism for America. And number seven, the ability to vote is a stewardship issue and Christians ought to vote and vote godly. Now, we've got a break, and when we come back, I want to get Mark Cowart's response to these pastoral litmus tests, if you will. Folks, this is the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland, this is The Awakening. I do see we have callers holding. We'll, we'll get to you, brothers and sisters. Stay tuned to The Awakening with our very special guest, Dr. Mark Cowart, his book, Army of God Rising. We'll talk about this and more when we come back. Don't go away. It's my turn. Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman. In 1782, James Price, a British scientist, announced that he had discovered a method of changing base metals into silver and gold. He was honored by King George III, and his accomplishment was acclaimed by many. But when members of the Royal Society asked him to repeat his experiment, his response was committing suicide by drinking poison. Now, what's that got to do with us? Well, you know, many people are like that when it comes to public worship. They boast about their ability to worship the Creator at home or traveling or fishing or on the golf course or any, any other number of places. They don't need to attend public worship, they say. But when it comes time to back up their boasting with facts, they often find that they commit suicide of their souls. I can think of three good, solid reasons why we should attend public worship regularly. First of all, there's the need for fellowship. Man cannot live alone. He needs fellowship with others. John Don once wrote, No man is an island, entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. This is true of worship as well as other areas of life. James Clark stated in a newsletter for Presbyterian men, Man is a religious animal, and if he holds aloof from public worship, he starves and stunts his highest instincts. If a man is to come to his full stature, he must come to it inside the church. Of course, he meant the fellowship of the church and not the church building. The second need for public worship is that of scholarship. Rare indeed is the person who grows in his knowledge and understanding of our Maker apart from the church. I've met several people who have stated that they had no need for the church, that they could make it by myself. I don't know what they were making of themselves, but it was not persons true to the Creator's desire. They usually ended up making self-serving individuals. The other reason that I feel the need for public worship is exactly that, worship. Man will instinctively worship something. 
How he directs his instincts will determine what he worships. Without the guidance and direction which comes from public worship, he usually satisfies his hunger with some substitute for the real God. Of course, one reason so many stay away from public worship is that it's a threat to them. They may have to change, and change comes slowly and reluctantly for many. It's a dangerous thing to attend public worship for those who are satisfied with themselves. There is always the chance God will break through their protective shield and soften their resistive spirit. These, then, are the reasons I believe in public worship. I call them the three ships, fellowship, scholarship, and worship. I know I can't make silver and gold from base metals, and I certainly don't want to commit suicide of my soul. It's the most lasting part of me I have. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. Welcome back to the program. Alex McFarland here along with Dr. Mark Cowart. Uh, Mark, before the break, I was laying out some things that I, just in my preparation for an interview I did at 6.50 a.m. this morning on Moody Radio, uh, the seven, what I think any pastor should be willing to be on record and say, Jesus is the only Savior, the Bible is the Word of God, abortion is a sin, marriage is between a man and a woman, homosexuality and transgenderism are contrary to God's Word. Uh, then, number six and seven, Christians are appropriate to be patriotic and care about this nation. And then finally, voting is a stewardship issue. And if you don't vote, or as a born-again believer, if you vote for people that stand for things that are unrighteous, uh, we're accountable to God for it. And uh, so, Pastor, don't you think that um, a per, uh, a a shepherd of a church should be willing to get in their pulpit and on record stand for such convictions? Absolutely, without question. Um, and you know, Brother Alex, the fact we're even having some of these conversations, I honestly think our founders would be spinning in their graves if they saw some of the things that are happening and, you know, George Barna and some of the research, it's absolutely shocking the number of Christians that don't believe Satan is a real being, that, mm. that believe it's okay to lie. And I could go on down the list. We have suffered mission drift to such a point that um, it, it's just unthinkable if you go back to the founding area founding era of our country. And you know far better than I, I do. Your, your ability to recall founding quotes and, and stories, you know, I can't hold a candle to you in the way that you can just share those things. But brother, when I look, we have departed from the scripture. And, you know, to think that we would even get to a point where we would have to articulate that. And I agree wholeheartedly with every single point you said, because it's right there in the Scripture. But we Amen. drifted so far from that, that that we find ourselves in the place that we are. And what is the definition of darkness? It's the absence of light. And mm. what is light? 
well, it's the word of God. Thy word, O Lord, is truth. And so I couldn't agree more with you, Alex. And and that ought to be, at the very least, a prerequisite for a man that is going to stand in a pulpit and call himself a pastor or a shepherd. Well, amen, amen. We're going to go to some calls. Um, while I queue up the telephones, Mark, where can people find this excellent book, Army of God Rising? Probably the simplest is just go, well, you could go to churchforallnations.com, but markcoward.com. Um, MarkCoward.org. Oh, my gosh, I think I'm getting a brain pain. It's M-A-R-K-C-O-W-A-R-T.org, MarkCoward.org. And there is a lot of resources I've written, also um, some other books and uh, teaching series are on there. They can see some of my television broadcasts. But if they just go to MarkCoward.org, that would do it. Amen. Well, we're going to go to Arkansas, uh, graciously holding for a good long time, Michael in Arkansas. Welcome to the program. Hello? Hello, M- Michael. You're on. Yes. I was, I was just wondering about the church. You quoted Scripture, and you said, the church, which is singular. Mm-hmm. So... Is everybody the church? I mean, how can everybody be the church? How can half of Pentecostals that believe that Jesus Christ is not God be Christian and the church? And the other half that believe that Jesus Christ is, mm-hmm. I mean, how can both of those groups, how can Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, well, they be? Good question. And, let, let, me, let me clarify. Uh, because let, let me say this, I don't believe that people who deny the deity of Christ really know the biblical Jesus. Now, when in I quoted uh, Matthew sixteen eighteen, where Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church belongs to the Lord Jesus who bought her with his blood. Now, uh, not everybody is part of the church. You become part of the church— and I'm going to throw it to Mark Cowart and let him uh, piggyback on this or respond. But here, here's the thing. There, there is the church globally, believers everywhere that have been born again by putting their faith in Christ. Then there are local churches like Church for All Nations uh, and local churches that are a, a local expression of the global church. But 1 John 5, 1 in the New Testament is is very clear, and it, it sounds broad, but but it's good that it is this broad. 1 John 5, 1 says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now, I, I think believing in Jesus involves several things. It involves that we admit that we're a sinner, that our sin has separated us from God. Jesus, God incarnate, was nailed to the cross, and our sin debt was laid on Christ Jesus. And on Calvary's cross, he shed his blood to wash our sin away, and we appropriate that forgiveness to ourself by turning to Christ and and being born again. Uh, That's John 3. But, Pastor Mark, um, how, how would you define, as Michael asks, what is the church? Um, How do you define that, Mark Cowart? 
Yeah, that is a very good question, and it's a very simple answer. Um, what you quoted, uh, Brother Alex, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 19, um, actually we go up to verse 18, Jesus was in Caesarea Philippi, and what is interesting is he was at a place literally called the Gates of Hell, and yeah. it is still called that to this day, and uh, actually in my PowerPoints I have a picture of it, and I did quite a bit of research with uh, tour guides that the state of Israel, you know, they're very stringent on those things. And I did a little bit of research. It was interesting that Jesus was having a staff meeting at that very place. It was a very evil place, a very wicked place. Uh, they had a temple dedicated to Pan. People believed it was the entrance to the gates of to the underworld. There was some very dark activity, and according to some experts, they said that some said Jews were forbidden to go there, and others said that it was frowned upon, but the fact Jesus was there, he said, I say unto you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church. The use of that word right there, that is the Greek word ekklesia, which was not a religious term at all. And so the, the simplest way to define this, for me, the church is the body of Christ. Those that are truly born again, they may have some different labels. You've got Baptists, you've got Presbyterians, but that doesn't mean everyone that goes to church is born again. Um, there are apostate churches out there. So Rather than get into all the granular of that, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. And we have to remember Matthew seven twenty one. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to uh, receive his blessing and entrance to heaven. And so, you know, a tree by its fruit. So, and it could be in some cases only God himself knows who is truly a member of the body of Christ, but Jesus gave us the hint and the instruction. Mm. He says, you know a tree by its fruit. And mm. so if someone is joined unto Christ, they will bear that fruit. So to me, you know, just because somebody has put a sign out in front of their building that says church, that's not what I look for. What I look for is the fruit that they are truly a believer in that follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, the disciple. Amen. And uh, they've called upon the name of the Lord. So we're going to have to take a break. Uh, Brother Mark, hold on. Weaver in Florida, Kyle in Arkansas, we're going to get to you more on the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland, Mark Cowart, stay tuned. We're back after this. Forget about Facebook. The last 10 days we've been banned twice. And is unbanning a word? They put us under the ban. Christians and conservatives don't need your YouTube. Banned one day. Banned again. AFR programs are now live streaming on the AFA streaming app. Now you can get shows like today's issues straight from the source. Put back on the next. Just say unbanned. Unbanned. Just search AFA streaming or visit streaming.afa.net to sign up. Some Christians have become desensitized to the simple gospel. While we're busy by waiting on miracles, we're missing out on simply knowing Jesus. When our relationship with Him looks more like a to-do list, we're depriving ourselves of freedom. 
Let's be more mindful of the presence of God in the mundane. Let's just love Jesus and let him love us back. To read the full blog, The Simple Gospel by Lauren Bragg, visit afa.net forward slash the stand. afa.net forward slash the stand. Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance, but you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic, yes, you can. You can save a lot of money, whether it's just for you or for an entire family. MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. And it really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. You get free telehealth services. You get a huge network of doctors. You get great customer support. And you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose too. MediShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. And so often we are so busy and our lives are so full. You said God is calling us to these big things, but we can't hear that voice. I wonder if you resonate with that. This is Focus on the Family Minute, and Courtney Ellis reminds us that filling up our lives with too many things does more harm than good. And it's like walking around with a backpack full of bricks, and we're like, God, I want to do great things for you, but I'm really tired. Why am I so tired? And God's like, take off the backpack, set down the bricks. That's our schedule. That's our stuff. When we overfill our lives, it becomes very difficult to hear from God. And God is often so gentle with us. God doesn't shout us down. Mm. He could. But God speaks most often, we see this in scripture, in this still, small voice. Are we listening? Can we hear? Take time to listen to God's voice today. More with Courtney at FamilyMinute.org. You know, one of the people I love to quote is Dr. Vance Havner. He was the man that urged Billy Graham to become an evangelist many, many years ago. Dr. Havner said that the church is not just a museum for saints, it's a hospital for sinners. Well, welcome back to the program, Alex McFarland, along with our special guest, Dr. Mark Cowart. He's the author of the book, Army of God Rising, which you can find at either Mark Cowart, C-O-W-A-R-T, markcowart.org, churchforallnations.com. It's good church. By the way, if you're trying to, you know, uh, strengthen your own church, um, there may, we love to recommend great churches, and one of the ones that I just, I really do feel is a role model that um, God is using them, and they're just doing so many things, uh, outreach, impacting our nation, they've got their hand in world missions. Church for All Nations is a really great church. Um, We're going to go to Florida, Weaver in Florida. Weaver, are you there? Yes, I am. How hot is it down in Florida? Yeah, how hot is it down in Florida today, brother? (laughs) Well, it says 97, but because of the humidity, um, well, (laughs) uh, it, it, it ain't nice. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, what you got for us, my friend? Well, I got a couple of points I want to make. Number one, um, one woman and one man. 
Okay, that's the way God designed it. And, um, you know, pardon me for, I'm I'm not trying to criticize your litmus test, but I do want to try and point out that uh, there's another point I want to make after this, so please give me the chance. But the litmus test for, um, you know, whatever, they need to be biological men and women. Because anybody yeah. can say that they're a man or woman, and maybe I'm nitpicking there, but you know what? Don't don't give the Democrats or the <clears throat> Cheryl Brain Society a chance to slip in there. Um, no, I think uh, you make a. I, I agree. Uh, a biological male and a biological female. You know, um, about ten years ago, the Billy Graham Ministry put that in their doctrinal statement, and I think they were very ahead of the curve. We, we say marriage is between a man and a woman, but uh, Weaver, you're right. I mean, we have to be linguistically precise. One biological male, one biological female, because, uh, Pastor Mark, um, these uh, the, these people nowadays are tricky, aren't they? Well, they are, and you made me think, you know, I <clears throat> teach in the practical government school at Karis Bible College, and one of the books I highly recommend his 5,000-year leap, which President Ronald Reagan uh, thought that every student in America should read, but it was basically based on hundreds and thousands of founding documents, 28 principles that our country was founded on. Well, lo and behold, the very first one is the laws of nature and of nature's God. And, you know, if you're going to raise cattle and you get into this transgender thing, you're not going to have a very good, uh, very good herd to work with because there are some things that are so simple that we need help misunderstanding it. Unfortunately, we've had a lot of help misunderstanding something as simple as gender. And mm-hmm. if we would have stuck to our founding principles, we wouldn't be having this discussion, but we so far departed. That, and you're right, there is such um, – a slippery, deceitful slope that uh, the liberals and the God-haters have created that, unfortunately, a lot of people have fallen into it. Mm. Uh, Weaver, you you had another point, too. What was it, my friend? Well, I got into a fight about this again last night because, you know what? I don't believe that we are all God's children. We are not. We are all God's, we are all God's creation, but we are not all God's children. Oh, I agree. And I'm going to hang up because I, I, I want to hear what you have to say. Well, in John chapter 3, the Lord said to Nicodemus, said, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And I would encourage people to read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, where the Apostle Paul has a pretty long grocery list of those that do not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, and, and it includes unrepentant homosexuals. Now, anybody can be saved. Anybody can. Pastor Mark, a promiscuous heterosexual can get saved and be delivered from immorality and sin, but anybody, I I agree with the caller, we are all God's creation, but you're not a child of God until you are saved from sin, and that comes by repenting and believing in Jesus. Uh, Pastor Mark, what do you say? You just stated it. Yes, we are all God's creation, but until you receive forgiveness and until you 
come to the Lord and receive him, not just as Savior, but make him Lord of your life and be born again, you're not God's child, period, over and out, really. Mm, Well said. Kyle in Arkansas. Kyle, thanks for holding. Welcome to the program with our guest, Mark Cowart. Thank you. You guys are doing a great job. Hey, oh, just kind of got a statement, and then, and then I want to follow up with a question, then I'll hang up. But, you know, as a, as a human and a Christian, I can see the temptation to steal, and I can see the temptation to lie. I can see the temptation to covet, like, my neighbor's wife. But what motivates someone to want to kill a baby? And I'll let you guys answer that, and I'll hang up. Wow. Wow. You know, I've, I've wondered about that. And, and I want to be clear, look, we're all sinners. I, um, in, in talking about moral issues, and folks listen very carefully, um, we're, we're sinners. I'm a saved sinner. I'm a forgiven sinner. Really, um, we, we need to view ourselves as what we are. If you're a Christian, you're a saint in the eyes of God. You're, you're God's child. The sins are washed away. But folks, um, when we, we come down hard on these moral issues because the Word of God is clear, and we are as confident and under conviction and as emphatic as we are because of what thus saith the Lord. Now, Mark, i, I got to say this. The, the, the woke left is kind of threatening and saying that... Uh, they, they will res- resort to violence to get abortion restored. And I think about this. I'm going to say this. I want you to respond, Pastor. Can you imagine, folks, just for a minute, think about that day that you stand before God. 1 John 2.28 says that we will appear before him. Uh, Matthew 7.21-24 says we will appear before him. Imagine that you face Almighty God, and what you gave your life to was, was fighting to kill the unborn. You turned a nation upside down, lost the Constitution because you were advocating for drag queens and making it a felony to speak truth. Mark, uh, there are going to be some people that stand before a holy God and they're going to realize that they gave their life to the things that paved the way for their own condemnation. Oh, I have reflected on that much, Alex. And to answer that question, there's, in my mind, there's only one answer, and it's Ephesians six twelve, where it says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, you know, just people, but against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual hosts of wickedness. Brother... You know, Proverbs 6 lists seven abominations, the Lord, things that he hates. It's his top seven. One of those is hands that shed innocent blood. You can't get Mm. more innocent than a little child in a mother's womb. The safest place on the planet should be a mother's womb for a little baby. And But only someone that is controlled and influenced— by demonic powers could fight for something like that, brother. It, it, you can't make sense of it in the natural mind at all. It's spiritual forces of wickedness. And to think 
that you know i've said this often i said that's one thing i don't want on my resume some of the the things that people are willing to fight the hill they're willing to die on they'll mm. resort to violence for the right to murder a child well brother that's one thing i would not want to be anywhere on my resume when i stand before god because we all will stand before him one day no one escapes that Mm. You know, Romans chapter 3, uh, 15 through 17, talks about people whose feet are swift to shed blood. Uh, mm. Truth and misery mark their ways. It says the way of truth they have not known. And here, and this is so much of our culture, Romans three seventeen and 18, says there is no fear of God in their eyes. Now, God loves us. Christ died for us. Uh, Jesus's arms are open and says, whosoever will may come. But we, we should fear a holy God. We should. And the Bible is clear, and, and we're almost out of time. But pastors, Sunday school teachers, Christian leaders, parents, rational adults of all strata, this is why we need to be able to speak with truth and conviction. Conviction is knowing what you believe, uh, courage is willing to stand for it. Pastor Mark, we've only got about a minute left. Uh, how urgently does our nation need conviction and courage? Oh my gosh, we passed that time. It's immediately, and we need every believer to give everything they have in seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and to stand in the gap. The only hope we have, brother, that the body of Christ will rise up and be salt and light. There is no other answer right now. Amen. Pastor Mark Cowart, Church for All Nations, author of Army of God Rising, thank you so much for being with us. Listeners, thank you for listening to the American Family Radio Network. Mark Ose, Jeff McIntosh, and the great crew that runs the board. Alex McFarland saying, I'll be back in two hours on Exploring the Word. Pray for America. Stand for truth. Stay bold. And may God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio. Faith.